Hey, listeners, it's Brad Kearns here. I'm here to introduce you to Casper.com, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price that you find at retail stores. It's important to get the best quality mattress for a good night's sleep. Visit Casper.com Primal and use the discount code Primal. You'll get $50 and then be on your way to sweet dreams with Casper.com. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Primal Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, and anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we have my second favorite, other than Mark Sisson, a figure in the paleo-primal ancestral community, Abel James, fat-burning man. Welcome to the show, Abel. Thanks so much for having me. I'll take second place. That sounds good. <laughs> Especially to Mark. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, no, you guys are both great. So a couple things about you. If people are not aware of who you are, please go to fatburningman.com. That's also the same name of Abel's amazing podcast. And check out your audiobook, which I want to talk to you about later. Well, it's also a book too, but I just love the audiobook because you are the narrator. And I think it just really seeps in when you listen to it called The Wild Diet. And In talking about the wild diet, this show I want to dedicate to something that was just so amazing that happened on television recently, which was ABC did a show called My Diet is Better Than Yours. And (laughs) you were on it. And let's just give the audience just a brief snapshot of what the reality show details are first, like how it worked. Yeah, for sure. So there were, at at its start, five uh, expert, they call them celebrity trainers from kind of all walks of life. We had the vegan, we had kind of the paleo primal wild, they had uh, people who were doing more portion control. So we have um, five coaches and then you have five people who want to lose somewhere around 100 pounds. And uh, the way that the show was presented to me when they were casting is that they're basically like, you know the biggest loser? I'm like, yeah, I hate it. And they're just like, good, because we're trying to do this differently. And I'm just like, interesting. (laughs) Okay, we'll see about that. So anyway, you have five coaches. You have five, uh, call them contestants, where you see how well they can adhere to a diet and stick with it and how good the results can be following that diet over the course of seven and then ultimately 14 weeks. So the twist of the show is that you could eliminate your coach, you could eliminate your trainer if you felt like you weren't getting results or if you didn't like them or whatever else came up. So uh, which it, was it, which by, it did, by, and I definitely want to talk to you about that because it, not not with you, but it did come up sure. with another contestant oh where they said, you know, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but also, so aside from the seven weeks, that's with the trainer, and then they have to go off on their own without your help for another seven, right? So that's like that's the right. full 14 weeks. That's right. Yes. Seven with and then seven without. Well, I, I, here's the thing. I binge watched this on ABC.com if anyone has a cable <laughs> subscription. And even if you don't, you can, you can go to ABC.com and, and watch these episodes. I just want to say on behalf of everybody in the most non-patronizing way, I am so proud of you. Like, I feel so wow. proud that you represented the primal paleo community. Obviously, it was representing your wild diet, but we're all in with what you have to say. You know, we all preach that. It's, and, and I'll go into more about that later. It wasn't just the fact that you ultimately actually technically won beyond winning. And we'll get into the nuances <laughs> of why you technically came in second, but what, how you really won. But your yeah. attitude was so positive and you looked the healthiest and the most vibrant out of any of the trainers, even though a lot of them looked fit. Um, but I just feel like you represented our community so beautifully. I couldn't have been more proud. I just was like, oh my God, yes, like, yes. And <laughs> And the success on the show, well, let's get into that. Let's talk about the end result first, and then we can get into some details. So tell us how and why you came in second, but the stats are pretty staggering. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's nuts. So my guy, his name is Kurt. He's 47. He was the oldest in the competition by about 10 years and also uh, was in a serious car accident and then had surgery, 
had a plate put in, a bunch of metal around his neck that turned into staff for eight years. He got a blood clot. So he was literally on his deathbed. Uh, he, was, he was out of work for 13 months and just came with a, a litany of medical issues, was on a lot of prescriptions. And uh, it was clear to me from the get-go that exercise wasn't really the way to go. And I knew that, you know, right, that's to begin with, but it, it, it wasn't an option in, in a lot of ways. So I needed to really focus with Kurt on teaching him how to eat our way, which is, you know, burning fat as opposed to burning sugar. And well, in the first so, episode, you nail it like right off the bat. You're like starting him off with butter in the coffee. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, you just, and then you gave him some hard boiled eggs and bone broth fat. And I was like, oh, this is so great because I knew in that moment, everyone would be like, what? And then right. he dressed up as a piece of bacon, which <laughs> even though that seemed campy at the time, I still loved it because people would be like, wait, what bacon? I can eat bacon. And again, right. anytime we're challenging conventional wisdom. Um, so you got him right on board and you were like, you have to eat fat to burn fat. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, a, a reality TV show producer loves because it makes you look kind of crazy. The, the trick for me though, was like, especially when you go on reality TV, they're looking for character assassination at every turn. And these right. are like 12 hour days that you're filming for seven, eight weeks straight, going through a lot of really stressful things. Sometimes you don't eat all day just as a function of filming. Um, and, and it's wacky. So trying to be my uh, Captain America type, <laughs> always yeah. happy personality on reality TV was really a challenge. So you I, achieved I, it, I though, and you stood out above the rest as a result of it. And so did Kurt. And part and we could talk about this nuance, but part of the reason why I feel that Kurt had such a positive attitude, he had no suffering or any symptoms of yeah this is tough, I'm struggling, where all of the other contestants had so many emotional ups and downs. My right. first thought watching it was, yeah, well, because Abel and Kurt are fueling their brains on fat. No wonder they're happy and they're having a <laughs> great time. These other people are struggling in like the old paradigm and they're hating right. it, you know? Yeah, and it's so true. And you could see that from the beginning because uh, there was a lot of hostility that was kind of engendered just in the environment of doing reality TV and it's encouraged, sure. right? And that's how you get airtime or whatever. In fact, Kurt and I were warned that we were being too positive. It was too easy and we weren't going to get any airtime because there was no, there was no drama there. You know, it's just what like he's loving the way that he's eating. He's uh, getting incredible results. I mean, he lost the most of anyone in the first week. He lost 16 pounds uh, and then he continued to get an average of seven pounds a week off uh, with another week coming in 11 pounds down. But more importantly, he was losing fat with right. half the exercise, less than half the exercise of anyone else in that competition. And that was just so, you know, understanding it and coaching some people through it uh, is, is one thing. But being that up close and personal with someone and knowing what they're coming from is just, man, my heart was with him the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, he really sort of had the most against him, sort of like you mentioned, just age and yeah. injuries. Um, he lost a total in 14 weeks, which is this is just astounding. 87 pounds and 22% body fat and is off all of his prescription medications after 14 weeks. Yeah, so he, he started at 52% body fat. So technically, he, he lost 22 percentage points. He ended at 30% body fat. Um, now, Jasmine, who technically won because it's calculated by, just like The Biggest Loser, percentage of weight lost. Um, it doesn't differentiate between muscle loss and fat loss, but Kurt went from 52% down to 30%. Jasmine started at 47 and went down to 34%. So it was a 13 percentage point difference. And the difference in training is really the most fascinating part for me because number one, they both got incredible results and I really applaud what they've done. It's inspiring stuff. But I was so fascinated by the difference in, in method and what it looked like when we saw the body fat numbers because... Uh, you know, we all innately understand in, in science, at least in the fat burning community, the, the primal and paleo communities, that burning fat is what you want to do. And uh, this was just such a huge testament to that because you could really see it. Like he's, he has great uh, composition now. And oh, yeah. he, he didn't take on the cardio buddy, bunny thing. He never would. That's not his personality, right? Well, and the um, winner, Jasmine, I mean, yeah, to her credit, I mean, to all of them, you know, for, for even trying this but at the end of the day she she looked like she was suffering there you know it looked like it was a lot of suffer and sacrifice to get to where she 
wanted to go and Kurt seemed like almost unfazed as if he never even went on a diet. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was so awesome. I was like, I love this guy, you know, because, and it's just, it was just more proof and everything that we preach and we talk about and we, we encourage others. It was just astounding. So let's talk about that though. So this yeah. eh, bothers me in this overall weight loss. First of all, that's not how it should have been judged in my opinion, because look, at the end of the day, well, I can like go get a box of X-lax and starve myself for three days, yeah. right? And, and right. you know, the weight might look different on the scale, but that fat body fat percentage isn't going to be significant. And at the end of the day, that is really what we're all in here to achieve. You also right. can gain some weight with, um, you know, on the scale with building muscle. So mm -hmm. what the hell? Did you ever talk to the producers about that? Like, why <laughs> did they do that? Or did it just well, conventional? I mean, because you're an unconventional you know, approach, you know, because this high fat, low carb thing is unconventional, but yet you then had to compete within something that no matter what, at the end of the day, you were kind of not set up to fail because they, at the end of the day, really only like a percentage apart in total numbers and everything. But yeah. do you know what I'm talking about here? Because the, the oh, weight yeah. on the scale, as we know, means nothing. It's how are you looking in the bathing suit and what's your, you know, body fat percentage? That's right. And, you know, when I was originally being cast on this show, it was, uh, a really interesting conversation back and forth between me and and production where you know they're trying to cast me on a a weight loss reality TV show and I'm tongue in cheek about this whole thing but I'm always up for an adventure and what it turned out to be was really interesting but you know at the beginning they said well I asked them I'm like so how are you going to measure this and they said um, probably by weight and I'm like well you know that's the wrong way to do it right and they're just like yeah but America wouldn't understand losing fat compared to losing water compared oh to God. losing all this other stuff they well, understand let's teach them <laughs> right and and also you know it's ABC's response to the biggest loser right and I when I originally sure. started started fat burning man my blog and podcast it was in in many ways to go up against Jillian Michaels and the biggest loser mentality that you have to be hungry and miserable all the time because you know, my story is that's, that's where I started. I was running, you know, 30 plus miles a week. I was restricting calories. I was eating plenty of carbs. In fact, I was doing a lot of things that, that you see on the show as being touted as healthy and, and successful. But for me, man, did it not work. Well, yeah, um, and it backfired on me too. I mean, I got severe sure. hypothyroidism. And also I believe if we look it up online, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Jillian Michaels also screwed up her thyroid and admits that because of extreme dieting. Right. I know she I think takes thyroid medication, but at the end of the day, that's a lot of suffer. And it's also a lot of, um, God, they yell at those contestants on the biggest loser right. a lot. Like they, they're really, yeah. it's a tough so, mental thing too. It is. So to this show's credit, they, um, I think they did a, a much better job of staying mostly positive. Of course there was, there was drama all over the place. It's television, right. um, but, <laughs> but you know, being able to go on that show and, and be mostly myself, right. Um, and, and Kurt too, whenever you're, you're on a show like that, a lot of things feel kind of forced because it's kind of staged, right? And you're taking multiple takes and there's, there's so much that goes on beyond the scenes, behind the scenes. But yeah, so they're doing it by total weight loss because that's what the biggest loser did. That's what most people understand. And I wanted to go on this show, not to win it. That really wasn't my intention at all. And for Kurt too, he makes six figures a year. He's a really successful guy. He doesn't need $50,000. He, he wasn't doing it for the money. That wasn't the motivation at all. It was really to get his life back. And so for me, I wanted to go onto the show and not just show that you could get results, um, but also that you could eat incredibly good food. You could nourish your body. You could experiment with things like intermittent fasting. You could break a lot of the rules. You could eat fat. You could have fun and you could also exercise very little and get great results. And so the fact that the show allowed me to do that was incredible. And also that, you know, I was surprised by we won, we were in the lead the entire competition, the entire even, time. <laughs> even with body weight loss. And I know that no, pretty much no one on the show was expecting that they were because they were trying to brand me brand, you know, paleo, wild, primal, uh, or, or anything that had to do with high fat as this extremist diet and, uh, and right. you see that kind of in the last episode where they're attacking us and trying to just, you know, brand it as this extreme thing where it's absolutely not. Well, you shocked everybody, everybody, even the host on that show based on your results. Um, oh, yeah. Sean T went wild. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he was like, oh, my God. Way. Well, it, it, well, a couple quotes from Kurt, actually, you know, that he said, which I love for, you know, the general general audience. I mean, obviously, us people who are listening to this podcast kind of know these things, but. 
Kurt said, who thought you could lose weight eating butter? And I was like, yes, like, <laughs> you know? Yes. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I, he goes, I just can't believe that I feel fuller on less food. You know, mm -hmm. these are things we talk about all the time, right? And that you don't get until you do it. And it's hard to think about. I don't know if I've mentioned it to you before, but I've mentioned it on this podcast where when you already have an eating issue, having someone in the paleo primal community be like, no, it's great. You feel so much fuller on less food. When you're a food addict, you're like, I don't want to eat less food. I want to eat more food than I already do right. eat. Like, don't tell me to eat less food. So it's right. very daunting. And to watch Kurt get fat adapted and, mm -hmm. and feel that. And then, you know, you also talk about what Mark talks about often, which is your sort of eating program that for the most part, you know, you're eating between 12 and 8. And you're, and you're mm -hmm. basically doing a, a fast every day. And yeah. I love that that was explained and that right. Kurt's response, because there was no other contestant. There were contestants that were like, I don't want to eat this food. And yeah. they were frustrated and they were suffering. And Kurt had like zero suffering. It was, you know, from the beginning, you have to understand who you're working with, too, because different things will work with different people. And I could tell that Kurt uh, and, and he would love to hear me say this, is a bacon cheeseburger type of man. He's Perfect. just that guy, right? He's not a cardio bunny. He's not even really, you know, you think about the fitness enthusiasts and I would include myself there, especially, you know, Mark, you, people with a background in endurance events and stuff like that. Yeah, we kind of, we caught the health bug a long time ago. We love exercising. Kurt is not that guy. No, and not at all. I think it's a great illustration of showing that you don't have to be this, this person who dresses up in a sports bra every day and goes and works out all the time in order to be healthy. You can, in fact, you know, still eat incredibly good food. You don't have to give up a lot of your favorites. And it can all of a sudden just be this, this incredible, it's like a light going on. You can see Kurt at the beginning, he's a little sluggish and, you mm -hmm. know, obviously inflamed and uh, carrying, he was 352 pounds. Um, seeing him transform to going, he just went rock climbing. He's like six five, right? He's like six yeah, he, oh, he's huge. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> he's six five. He he makes me look like an elf on camera. It's hilarious. <laughs> a very a very helpful elf. Um, so that was so. What here's what's interesting too. And again, I just want to get back to how you represented yourself and your level of professionalism on the show. And I know, like you said, that is tough because they want drama. They did get a little bit, and I'm, I'm not going to mention the per anyone who watches the show could see it, but there was a contestant who didn't get the results she wanted, and so she decided to kind of cut out uh, her yeah. trainer and choose a new diet, and that trainer reacted. I, I feel bad for her because I wish she, she probably wishes she could go back in time and change mm -hmm. that, but she reacted so defensively and angrily. It was like, my thing works, damn it, work. Like, <laughs> it was really brutal. And then at one point when you were challenged towards the end and I saw you get a little bit like, oh, mofo, don't even go there. Like you were like, oh, oh, someone's under my skin and you handled it really well. You just said, you know what? That's all right. I just think someone's a little bit jealous. And that was right. true because <laughs> the results that Kurt was getting made everybody on that show jealous. Well, it did. And from the very beginning, that was true because, you know, in, in the rooms, they'd put us in little pens, you know, because we'd have these 12 hour filming days. And so sometimes they'd be eating together and in front of each other. And, you know, Kurt's coming in <laughs> with his, his bacon and eggs and with uh, a lot of the foods that that we were making together in a lot of cases, um, really indulgent things. That's one of my favorite things about eating this way is that, you know, more than anything else, I'm a foodie. I love food. I don't want to feel deprived. And I could see that with Kurt, too. Uh, and, and so we were eating chocolate cookies. We were making our own little chocolate uh, protein desserts and things like that. I was bringing him green smoothies. We we're making them together. And so it was really cool to see the amount of food that he was eating and also contrast that to, you know, like Taz the first week on the vegan diet. She's on a cleanse. She's eating no solid food. In fact, right. they the were doing like green smoothies only or something and juices. It, yeah, it, exactly. And um you know, when we get attacked at the end, one of the biggest reasons I was so annoyed is because, listen, it's on national television and you're walking up to a scale with your shirt off every week. And for everyone involved, that's a massive, massive stress factor. And the day before that, pretty much a lot of them are eating a lot less than they normally would. Of course. In and, uh, you know, <laughs> Jasmine even mentioned on one, a lot, a lot of this doesn't make it to camera, right? They, they try to, they very selectively edit things together, but she said she ate half a banana, right? And other people admitted that they ate like very little the day leading up to weigh-ins, which makes a lot of sense. It, it just, just for the nerves factor more than anything else. Sure. But, you know, so Kurt was being attacked um, a lot of the time because he was eating in such a different way and it was so indulgent compared to the other things that were going on. 
Um, but he stayed, I think part of the reason he stayed so positive is because of fat adaptation, because he was fueling his brain. He was having his bone broth every single day. He was getting his omega-3s every single day. He was getting his greens. You never see us eat a vegetable on camera or whatever, I know, right? I they're trying to brand us. <laughs> yeah. But we were eating vegetables every single day and a lot of them. And so it was just such a, a very fulfilling way for him to get these results because before he tried the HCG thing, he was eating less mm -hmm. than 900 calories a day. He lost, I think it was 37 pounds in three months. In this, he lost in about the same amount of time, 87 pounds, the vast majority being fat. So it was, it was a powerful, powerful thing. It was such a powerful show. So great for everybody out there. And one of the things I want to talk about, I really thought about it today because I'm a swimmer and you had Kurt in the pool exercising because of some of his injuries and, you know, inabilities to do maybe some of the other uh, more challenging exercises than some of the other contestants. And I just kind of wanted to point that out because a lot of people who do have injuries, well, there's two parts to this. One is you don't even have to get off the couch to lose the weight yeah. if you do yeah. this wild diet. If you follow what you're doing, what you preached and led Kurt through on the show, you don't even have to get off the couch. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you need surgery, your knee's bad, whatever. You don't even have to get off the couch. But if you can get off the couch or you do decide to, the pool is one of the best places for people with injuries. You're yeah. weightless, you're moving, it's, it's flexibility. I mean, I swim several miles a week and, you know, I was in the pool this morning thinking about Kurt and the fact that you took him in the pool. You, you had him in the pool in the shallow end and you had, what was his granddaughter on like a baby? Yeah. On top of his shoulders. And he was just sort of walking across the lengths, you know, oxygenating mm -hmm. his blood, getting moving, working mm -hmm. out doesn't have to be running a 5k. So, you know, can we talk a little bit about just pool work and for people that do have the injuries and that, you know, you can also succeed as well. Yeah. Uh, Kurt actually had a fractured knee from the very beginning. And so our options were so limited. And then with his spine injuries, he's missing a lot of the muscles around his neck. And, uh, you know, so many people have injuries like that. It's incredible. Um, and, and sometimes if you follow the normal life cycle, they'll punish themselves at the gym, get hurt, and then give up, right? And try something else, get hurt, give up. When you continuously do something like going in the pool, it doesn't really matter what your injuries are. You can work around them. And you can do something. So uh, on camera, you got to see uh, Kurt just kind of like bouncing around with his uh, granddaughter, Luna, at the pool. Uh, and off camera, we also did um, intervals. So I'm, I'm a big fan of doing like a seven-minute workout where you warm up for 60 seconds, you cool down for 60 seconds, and then it's basically Tabatas in the middle. You do 20 seconds on, mm -hmm. 10 seconds off of something that's intense. So for him, I had him put his arms out in the pool and just kind of like move himself through and... Uh, he was winded by the end of it. He was, you could tell that the oxygen was all up in his brain. He was feeling awesome. And that's a pretty easy thing to do, even for someone like him who, who is not a cardio bunny, right? Right. And the, the results that you get from that are incredible. And there's a lot of resistance in the pool if you do it right. I mean, I, mm -hmm. when I because I've been a swimmer for so long and I swim sort of everywhere I go. If I travel, I, I swim, I try to find a pool. And I meet people all the time that are in there because they've had a serious injury. You know, a, a woman who you know, broke her back, she's recovering, she's got an aqua jogger floaty around her waist, and she's just kind of walking across the pool. And, you know, there are just so many things you can do being weightless. It's actually what got me back into swimming from when I was a kid because I had uh, injured my arm severely. I had a repetitive strain injury, and I really couldn't even really move my arms at all. And someone had suggested that I, you know, because even walking was tough with my arms swinging back and forth at the time. And I got into the pool and I would have a snorkel and a mask. And at first I would just have to like, let my arms be dead weight and just move my legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but there's, there's something for everyone in the pool, unless you right. really can't move anything and you're paralyzed completely. So I yeah. just, you know, I want to kind of encourage that to the people out there that might be very overweight, have a lot of weight on their joints or have issues like that, that, you know, swimming pool is one of the best places and it doesn't take long. I mean, even today now I have full mobility, but I swam uh, 36 laps in 20 minutes. I think that's nice quarter of a mile, half a mile. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah. you know, it, it's a full body workout. Boom, boom, boom. And you know, even, even 10 minutes is better than nothing. And you've gotten right. your stretch in and some weight you know, resistance. So I just love that you guys did some pool work and, and just in general that he had the most against him, you know, again, just the fact that he was the most successful was so inspiring. Because he was it's, the oldest, he's the most injured, he had the most issues, you know, and yeah. 
if anyone was going to fail, right? But yeah. he was the one that actually ultimately succeeded. Yeah, he was. And, and you know, I want to be very clear about the fact that I think all of them succeeded, right? Totally. Everyone who you see in that last show, you're like, wow, they look yeah. like different people. They definitely, you know, and the show wants to make it out like we're all doing completely different things and the diets are very dissimilar. But there were a lot of things in common, right? Where you take these people who are eating uh, in the standard American unhealthy diet in Atlanta, and then you, oh, that's a you lot get of fried them, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. You you get them to drinking, you know, gallons of sweet tea a day, eating fried foods, uh, you know, eating a lot of processed, refined carbs and sugars and that sort of thing. You get them onto any sort of sensible eating plan, and you see that you can get results. And that's the thing. The thing that I I, I wanted to see that show really inspire people to, to show that you can do it with food, right? That's a huge win. That's, that's one thing that right. all of us have in common is that this was primarily a diet show. And that's kind of cool, kind of unique. And, you know, of course, to make good television, they have a lot of um, challenges and fitness-based events, which are kind of cool and, and kind of fun. But at the end of the day, it was about the plate, and, um, and you see that you can do it in, in, in various ways. And some of them really take a toll on your psychology mm -hmm. and other ones are more inspiring and you kind of feel awesome. And so for Kurt, I think the real test will be just showing how he's a, he's a different person. Now he shows up to the dinner table differently. He shows up to every morning when he wakes up, the fact that he can be there for his family, uh, is incredible because last year his, his medical bills were $1.2 million. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to cry. Really? You skip ahead. Right. You skip ahead to now and he's off his meds and he's basically just, you know, a healthy 47 year old who looks like he's 30. That was the other incredible thing. Yeah. I mean, at the end, at the end of the competition, his face, I mean, he's almost a different, it's a completely different person. You don't even recognize yeah. him. Yeah. Let's talk about strength training and why it's better than cardio because see so many of these shows, it's all about just exhausting these people cardio wise yeah. along with probably some overtraining and you know, you sort of did the minimum for what you could with someone who was injured and in Kurt's situation and you got the maximum. Um, yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And not to mention, even if he didn't have those injuries, he's a, a really busy guy, successful, right? And so he's working out of his car um, and he's primarily behind the wheel of a car for long hours pretty much every day. So getting to the gym isn't necessarily, it's certainly not a priority. In a lot of cases, it's not an option. Um so we wanted to have Kurt focus on, on really building his strength at home because he's the type of guy, he's got this old truck that he's working on. He's putting right now in his garage, he's putting back together an old uh, skidoo. And he, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see him embrace life in that fashion. He's a very like tactile guy in that way. And so I had him basically like carrying things up this little hill by his house. And it could be, you know, in some cases pushing a stroller with his, with his granddaughter it could be carrying tool parts around or anything like that. Right. And focusing on doing it uh, with the best form that he possibly can, really just getting into squat position, doing things as part of his normal life that are just kind of like deadlifts and also having water jugs in his garage. So if he wanted to, you know, do some, some deadlifts with those or do some squats or do some pulls or any, anything that he wanted to do with weight, he could get in there, do it in a few minutes and then have it be done essentially because that's that's the thing that would work for him is having you know a workout that would just be there and right. last three to five minutes and then he's done when you when you started talking on the show about you're like ah seven minute workout i was like okay everyone in america watching his mind is about to get blown right now <laughs> like seven <laughs> minutes is all that is required along with eating this way and yeah. the results you can achieve are amazing and as we know we we preach it too that you know 80 percent of your body composition is what you eat it is. And that was a huge proof here. Uh, but tell at us, the what's same the, time, so let, let me just say, though, it's really important to do that strength training to preserve muscle when you're leaning down that quickly. Because is 80, losing 87 pounds in 14 weeks impressive? Absolutely. Is it healthy? Not necessarily. You have to be very careful. And so a lot of the strength-based training that we did was to make sure that he was preserving that muscle mass while he was leaning down. And that's, that's where a lot of people kind of mess up, right? By doing the cardio thing you're getting very catabolic. And right. especially if you're not, if you're overtraining, you're not getting enough protein, uh, or if you're fueling with carbs, uh, a, lo a lot of times that can backfire and you're losing muscle instead of fat. Hey listeners, it's Brad Kearns here to talk to you about a very important subject. 
about the location that you spend more time than anywhere else in your whole life. And I'm talking about your bed. Hopefully you're spending a third of your life there. I'm spending a little more than that. I'm trying to anyway. And it's important to get the best quality mattress for a good night's sleep or a good nap in some cases. So I'm here to introduce you to Casper.com, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price that you find at retail stores. Mattress industry has huge markups. These guys are cutting through that by shipping you directly to your home for free, no shipping charge, a mattress of your choice that you get to try for an incredible 100 days before you decide to actually buy it and keep it. You can return it, no hassle, no problem, and giving it a proper test rather than laying on a mattress for five minutes in a showroom and thinking that's going to work for a third of your lifetime spent there. Casper mattresses are a new hybrid that combines premium latex foam with memory foam for the most comfortable sleep you'll ever have. And the prices are extremely competitive. Think about a twin for $500, a king for $950. Again, free shipping. And thanks to listening to this podcast, you'll get a $50 discount toward the purchase of your comfortable new mattress. Just visit casper.com primal and use the discount code PRIMAL. You'll get that $50. It'll ship to your house for free. You can try it out, enjoy it, and then be on your way to sweet dreams with casper.com. Now that the show's over, first, I want to ask you a couple questions about your opinion on it. So, I mean, we've gotten a few, but one would be, so what's the feedback you've been getting? I mean, I can only imagine that your book sales are off the charts, and I hope that they are, because I can only imagine everybody seeing the show and saying, well, I'll go with that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> So what's the feedback been been like? It's been really cool um, for the most part. I mean, you always get the haters or whatever it is, the Internet after all. But uh, for the most part, it's been incredibly positive. There are a lot of people who are coming into this for the first time and just think it's the most amazing thing ever that you can eat this well and get great results. Yeah. So <laughs> the Wild Diet book has been out of stock on Amazon for like almost a month. You know, it's it's um, we keep shipping them out and it's amazing the response that we've had. Um and it's, it's very cool, I think, because we've been talking in our own little corner of the internet and the paleo conferences and, and what have you, ancestral health conferences, for a long time, for years. And it's great. It, it makes sure that the conversation keeps going. But I think what the movement really needs is, is to bridge that gap between, uh, okay, this is basically just a rehash fad diet of Atkins paleo. Mm -hmm. And, and the reality that, no, this is the way that we've been eating for millennia. It's a template for the way that we should be eating now. And it's not extreme. It's not crazy. It's not this, this thing that, um, that you can't understand either. It's, it's relatively straightforward. And it's going back to the way that even our grandparents ate in a lot of cases. So I think people are, are really encouraged by the fact that they see that you can eat things like chicken parmesan that you can you know, eat in a specific way. You don't have to give up meats. You don't have to give up fats or carbs. Um, you want to keep sugars to a minimum, but that kind of goes even with conventional wisdom at this point. So we're starting to see, uh, I, I think, uh, a change and a shift in the consciousness of nutrition as a field right now. You're, you're seeing a lot of people who have been established nutritionists for a long time kind of looking to our field and, uh, and following that advice at this point. Because you can see, it's amazing, right? You see paleo diet options mentioned on like Holiday Inn commercials and you hear that like Kobe <laughs> Bryant and the Lakers went paleo totally. and it's, it's, it's definitely going mainstream. No, it's great. And that's why I love that you were on the show because you represented it and you also just represented yourself and um, and the whole process in a way that was, I don't know, again, it was just so proud. And I think anyone would see that just even watching a couple episodes would go, wow. I mean, just impressed with the way you handled it. And you are such a positive person and that, that helps, you know, it's never fun. You've got like some serious trainer and you're like, all right, I don't, this doesn't sound like this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, let's see what, what else I was going to say, what are some of your afterthoughts? I mean, aside from just getting out to the mainstream. Yeah. God, I feel like you should be doing you should be doing a, a you know the the biggest primal loser type of show or something. <laughs> I mean, there should be a show just dedicated. Hey, you to said it. Entirely. I'm down. I'll be yeah, I'll be the host the this time. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and no drama. No. Um, yeah, a lot of suffering. I wonder. Um, I wonder what the response is going to be after that because there's got to be the success on paper and just in general of your client is undeniable. It's undeniable, yeah. you know, and. Uh, 
uh, even if he cheated, which I don't know if he did, but it's certainly like nothing was affected. Um, <laughs> no. by that the, whole, like, the whole cheating thing is so ridiculous because, okay, if, and I mentioned this on the show too, I'm like, okay, let's be honest here for a second. We, Jeff and Kurt ate the same lunch today, except Kurt ate pumpkin pie. <laughs> you know? Oh, like, right, right, right. And then the it, guy goes, oh, well, he had a bite. Like, he was all, he was all right, angry exactly. about it. Like, he was all deflated. So, yeah. so, I mean, it's, no, it's ridiculous. Let me be, be perfectly honest. Everyone on that show was under eating to some degree. They were eating a lot less than they normally would be. Sure. The idea that it was, you know, a thousand calories is ridiculous, though. Um, Kurt yes. never counted calories. Some of the other people did. I mean, portion control was a big part of it. They had to basically eat many small meals over the course of the day. Uh, and you see how that plays out because it's, it's kind of, they're, they're still working their day jobs. They're all carb dependent, right? A lot of them were carb dependent. Um, yeah. and so for Kurt, he was able to maintain his positivity and you can see it on camera despite these very long days where they're trying to wear you down and trying to make you break and say something stupid because mm -hmm. that's way better on on tv but he really held himself together i did my very best and also we were just you know one of the things that that our team had in common and i think also jasmine and don had in common is that they're both fundamentally positive people and they believe that they can do it and Absolutely. so you see the the, the power of the mental game of all of this too, which is, yeah. uh, which is tough because at the end of the day, it was a weight loss competition and that can do a lot of bad things to your psychology, right? So we were all coping with that at the same time. Yeah. And there was a contestant who was called out on an attitude issue and things like that. I mean, it's definitely prevalent, but you know, also too, I mean, let's just get back to why maybe someone would break easier than others. And that's really, if you are eating every two, three hours and you're on a yeah. show and you missed four hours and now your blood sugar's dropped and now you're cranky. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's likely you're going to say something you're going to regret. And I just kept thinking that the whole time, like, <laughs> well, no wonder they're having these ups and downs. I mean, if they're still on this, this, you know, carb dependent wheel, you know what I mean? You can yeah. lose weight all you want, but if your mental and emotional stability is not there. And I mean, you know, you, you load yourself up with fat, and right. you know, your brain is just on fire. You guys were, you guys were totally, he was Kirk. You could tell the difference, Kirk, sorry. You could tell the difference between his beginning energy and then the mm -hmm. level of like mental clarity by the end. Like he, yeah. and he even talked about it. He was like, I have like unbelievable energy. Yeah. And he does. He's a, he is a, literally a different person now. It's incredible because I, you know, I've known him for a while now and known him really well. And it's just incredible to see that. Not only that, but his wife too, Alicia, uh, is uh, a wonderful person. She lost, uh, I think it was 33 pounds in the first seven weeks. She lost more weight than any of the other female contestants. And she was basically nice. just eating the things that, that he was eating at home, um, which was just such another powerful uh, testament to the fact that this, this works. And it is, it's a lifestyle change. Hopefully you embrace it with, a fam with your family, the people who you love, because that's where it really becomes sustainable. Right. Well, let, and let's get into the wild diet. I mean, again, I've, I've listened to the book twice. I, I love it. I think it's so accessible for everybody. It's what changed Kurt's life. It was the theme of this show was you coming on there. And this, that was, you know, my diet is better than yours. And clearly your diet is better than, than everyone <laughs> else's. Um, for people that don't know, tell us, you know, you mentioned it earlier, you were in that, like me, sort of carb dependent overtraining paradigm, not knowing yeah. what to do right. Um, tell us what happened and what turned it around and, and led you in this path. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was it was so many things, but mostly it was being burned by the, the wrong system, right? And I, like many people who run this podcast and listen to it, I'm sure, is I'm a very motivated type A personality. I always want to be the healthiest, doing the best, whatever. And so I came from a world where my mom's a holistic nurse practitioner uh, and herbalist. We We grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. And so... Uh, using wild foods, not only as, as food, but also for medicine, uh, was something that was a, a kind of cool part of growing up um, that nice. I completely abandoned when, for the first time in my life, I got great health insurance, had this you know, corporate job out of college, and I, I tried to follow the Western system of medicine and health uh, as, as much as I could to prevent my family history of health issues. And so, uh, in doing so and following that that low-fat diet for the first time in my life. And I, I never really thought about diet that way before. 
Um, I was fat, sick, overweight, thyroid problems, um, high blood pressure, blood sugar issues, uh, kidney stones. I mean, there were just so many various issues. And I was in my early 20s at the time. And uh, long story short, I came home one night and I lost everything in an apartment fire. Uh, and oh, wow. so literally all I had, yeah, hence fat burning man has a lot of different <laughs> reasons. Yeah, there's for being a lot of that, but, connotations of that one. Yeah. Uh, but so basically I, I knew that I needed something to carry me through that, to look toward the future. And when I looked in the mirror, I was, you know, I saw my big fat puffy face and I had always been a healthy guy, you know, athletic. And I was like, what's going on here? Because I was trying so hard. I was doing all the healthy things. And you know, when I looked so I studied brain science in college, and so I'm a, a huge nerd, um, and, and I kind of <laughs> looked back into some of the research. I decided to look at my, my physiology as something that I could hack and something that I could really um, take into my own hands, take my health into my own hands instead of being on the prescriptions that you know, my doctor was giving me to, uh, well, whatever. I went f too far down that rabbit hole, so I decided to right, right. really hit the research and what I found was that, you know, looking at, at the people who really know how to lean down when they need to, um, the, the serious athletes, the people who study physiology, the people who do bodybuilding and physique competitions, this is something that's just kind of like nonchalant the way that they talk about various ways of doing this. It's not a mystery. You don't have to be 20, 30 pounds overweight. Like, you know, my doctor told me it was just my fat genetics, essentially. Um, Ooh, I didn't, I didn't gosh. like that. <laughs> I don't so, like that either. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I, I found that, that basically everything I'd been taught by that system was wrong, by, by a lot of the running magazines, by a lot of traditional media, by um, the Western medicine. And then when I really embraced these, these ideas of going back to our roots, looking at, at the higher fat, more moderate carb, moderate protein, that seems to make a lot of sense. Like the value of protein is something that I'd given up for a while when I decided to be all healthy and be a vegetarian on and off for seven years and, and these other various dietary avenues that didn't work out too well. All of a sudden, when I put this into action, when I kind of like married the idea, this was like slightly before paleo really took off. Um, so I didn't even know that it was a community or that it existed a, a whole lot when I was looking at like the cyclic ketogenic stuff. I was looking at old bodybuilding manuals that my brother had because um, I watched him lean down and put on an a crazy amount of lean mass really quickly. When I looked through that stuff and then, you know, kind of considered where I came from, which is that food should be real. It should be whole. You know, my, I knew that deep down the whole time or whatever, <laughs> but, um, my family on my dad's side, dairy farmers, you know, cream is the best part of the milk. And, uh, so married those two things together, real food with kind of like a higher fat approach and bam, you know, for me, I lost 20 pounds in just over a month. But more than that, I just felt so much better. And all those health issues that I mentioned before just went away. And um, it's actually, I, I love being on this podcast because Mark has been there from the beginning. Before all of this, when I was like first starting Fat Burning Man, because after I got results, I really wanted other people to know about it. And I wanted to see if other people were kind of talking about the same thing. And I saw that there was a whole like community of people on Mark's website. And uh, he's really the go-to guy when it comes to burning fat in kind of like the, the primal paleo way, according to ancestral health. And I'm just like, if anyone has it right, it's, it's this guy. And, well, I, and you know, I saw him the other day and I literally told a couple of the other employees, I said, you know what, how is it possible that I just saw Mark and he looks better than the last time I saw him. And every time I, it's, I've known him for years now. I, he, he, like, this is not fair. It's almost like, this is not fair. Right. Go home. <laughs> no, no, I mean, he really, yeah. I mean, he's really an amazing living, breathing example. And like you said, you know, for him too, health issues disappearing when you right. really make a conservative effort, at least of a month, right, of giving up anything, whether it be grains or smoking or whatever it is. But um, that's what turned him around, you know, was that the injuries and things went away, which led him to then investigate further. Right. Um, and so, yeah, they all just disappeared for you. And then I'm assuming you got off medications and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was, um, that was my pleasure to get off of all of those. Yeah, oh my God. I wanted to, uh, there's a couple things in your book I really like. One was the story of you and your now wife. I don't know if she was your fiance at the time, but now wife, Allison, who you guys went out to dinner and you, <laughs> you have, you, the way you describe it, it's like, right, it's like all these great charcuterie plates and cheeses and, you know, it's like everything I would want to eat. And, <laughs> and you said the people were looking at you guys, right? It, it like, 
how is this possible that they've eaten like several meals you know, <laughs> like <laughs> each? And um, I love that because that has happened to me. Like yeah. I have gone out and eaten alone somewhere and polished off two meals. Yeah. Uh, again, not eating the rice, not drinking right. a beer along with it or eating yep. any chips, but just eating straight up like two full entrees, like for two separate people. And I had someone turn to the bar, I mean, say, oh, my God, you must exercise a lot in order <laughs> to eat that way. And I was like, actually, the opposite. Yeah. You know, and it's really cool to be able to. And again, you can get away with a lot less food. But in the times when you want to go to town and indulge. Yeah. Right. It's you, it's so comfortable. You don't leave that restaurant after the two entrees going, I want to shoot myself and throw right. up because I'm so full. And so I love that story. Can you can you talk a little bit about that one? <laughs> yeah. So one of the most fun things about, you know, doing the podcast and, and writing books and, and all that is being in the community of, of authors uh, and, and kind of, uh, I, I don't like the word experts, but a lot of the people in the space really are. You know, they're, they're scientists, um, they're physicians in a lot of cases. You have people from all walks of life when you get together at some of these you know, health conferences. And uh, so I've, I've eaten with so many of the people in the health industry. It's fun and hilarious when they see how, how my wife and I eat compared to them. Because you know, if, if Mark and I are, are eating together, which we've had the pleasure to do a few times, it's looking pretty similar, right? We're going right. for a lot of the same options. Same thing with you know, Rob Wolf, a lot of other people in, in the paleo primal communities. But if you're eating with these people from all walks of life, um, all of a sudden, you know, everyone's staring at you because not only are you eating a lot of delicious things, like you mentioned, there, there are the pates and you might get something with mm. bacon on it. Um, those things kind of stick out. But also like ordering a marrow bone and just feasting on it with your yeah. wife and kind of these, these other weird nose to tail foods that a lot of other people don't want to eat or, you know, sweetbreads was another thing we ordered. And so many people are just freaked out. They're like, what are you guys doing? Um, it's a lot of fun to experience it that is, together. You know, the Marabones thing is funny because it happened to me not too long ago where <laughs> it was a special somewhere and it was like yeah. Marabones wrapped in short ribs. And I was like, oh, I'm oh, definitely having yes. that. And they were amazing, right? And and actually, I think I was the only one at that time who had ordered it that night for the specials uh, in the evening so far. And like the chef came out to see who the hell had ordered it. You know right. what I mean? Because I told I was like, oh my God, tell the chef it's amazing. He comes out and people, I mean, every end of the comments were hilarious because everyone was like, well, that's a heart attack plate or, you know, right. better take some aspirin tonight. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, people do look at you strange when you eat those kind of foods. But it's always nice because it will challenge conventional wisdom, especially when it's it something that's really high fat. And, and it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just going to say one of the other very important things that didn't, you know, make it to that description of what we ate and what they ate is that. A lot of the other people, even though they are health experts, they ate chocolate cake for dessert. You know, they passed it around and they were eating this super high glycemic crap, which at this point, I'll have a bite every once in a while just to kind of like sure. see what people are eating these days and see if <laughs> right. I like it to a degree. But so sugary, such, you know, uh, such a letdown at the end of a meal because that's the thing that you regret, right? That's the thing that gives it you is. that full, awful feeling um, and, and you feel sluggish the next day. And so... A lot of other people, uh, these these health experts, ate less, um, but ate that stuff, and they ate the carbs, or they ate the breads, and they ate the other stuff that was somewhat refined. And I'm just so happy to walk out of that restaurant feeling energized, as opposed to, you know, like you just get punched in the face or something like that. Which yeah, is yeah. What happens when you carb load? Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure you found this too. I actually had a very serious sweet tooth as a sugar burner. And yeah. um, that's, I, I'm so glad that you explained that to, you know, on the show, like, hey, you're a sugar burner, you're a carb, you know, you really I couldn't believe they the let difference. me. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so glad they so did. <laughs> well, it just, if, if even anyone looks it up, they'll be led to, you know, this whole arena where I hope more people are led. So another thing that I liked was, and, and I think this was in your book, you mentioned something about at one point, sort of in a, not emergency situation, but like in a situation where you're like, ah, there's nothing else. You, didn't you like eat a stick of butter? <laughs> I've definitely done that. Um, <laughs> I love that well, because so, okay. who thinks about yeah. it that way? But but again, if there, if you are in a situation, you know, you're yeah. running out the door, you know it's going to be four hours, you got a meeting and you only have a stick of butter in the fridge. I mean, I wouldn't suggest eating the whole thing, but even taking a couple of pieces and dropping them right in your mouth can be the difference between brain sustaining throughout that right. meeting 
or not. That's that's exactly right. When I'm going for snacks, in a lot of cases, they're fat-based even more than protein. So, uh, I, I mean, even when you look at a hard-boiled egg, that's, that's mostly fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of cases, I'm prioritizing that fat as like a quick thing to eat that's not also, it, it doesn't bog you down. It's not really food that you need to digest as readily as you do with, with, with some other things. Your body needs to deal with it, right, when you eat a sandwich. When you have a bit of butter or, or fish oil or coconut oil or avocado or, or coconut itself, it's much lighter. And uh, oddly enough, right, because you'd think that pure fat would be something that would bog you down. It doesn't really work like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like butter. I prefer heavy, grass-fed heavy cream. That's, that's you know, sure. my jam. But butter is much more uh, portable. You can find it more often. It's a lot easier to find the grass-fed varieties. I'm also a huge fan of uh, coconut butter, like that coconut manna stuff, those little packets, right? right? Like uh, taking those on a hike, that, it's a little bit of sweetness. It's mostly fat. It's got some fiber in there too. And it's, uh, if you talk about like sustaining energy for a long hike or a long adventure, uh, that's the stuff. That's that's my go-to. Yeah, and it's great after uh, not necessarily a really long hike, but just after a workout. Yeah. So again, train yourself to process the fat by giving yourself a little. Like even if I'm not hungry, sometimes after a workout, I'll take a little spoonful of coconut oil, or coconut butter, mm-hmm. just to like you know give that extra message. You know, just to, right. just to keep kind of you know telling my body like, hey, and it's a little something to just kind of hold me over there, even though I'm not hungry, but. I think it's important. And yeah, through like a long hike, you're going on an all day thing, having one of those packets around. And now, like you said, they come in individual packets. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a no brainer to throw them in your purse. And then you're never left in a situation where you feel like you're having a low glycemic situation, which doesn't oh. really happen anyway to fat adapted people. But no, but you do get occasionally you hit that point where you're just like, sure. okay, I, I want something now. I am hungry. Let's, let's work on this. So I had those, those packets of, of coconut butter in, Cutter when I was laid over for six hours on the way to Thailand. I've had them in, in Bali. We were down in Peru. Like in in actual, you know, kind of not survival situations, but you know, there's nothing else around there. Um, it, it's it's really been a savior for me. It's a it's a thing that I always keep in my survival pack. <laughs> right. No, I yeah, and you went through that with Kurt on the show, like a little survival yeah. pack. And I love that. Yeah. What else is in the survival pack? I mean, to let's just tell the audience a little bit about what you know, you're starting this off, you want to do the wild diet, you're becoming mm-hmm. fat adapted, there's going to be a couple of weeks of adjustment where your brain is pretending and lying to you telling you you need glucose and you're having a yep. moment. Yep. You know, what do I reach for? What should I have around? Well, one of the biggest places where people mess up is that they want a treat and they don't have one. And so the real stuff, the strong dark chocolate, I like 80% plus yep. that stuff, especially the stone ground. Oh, it's so filling and delicious. <laughs> when Kurt tried that for the first time, it changed his life. It was incredible to see the look on his face. So uh, I, I like having, uh, you know, a high fat food, uh, which is also high in fiber, relatively low in sugar, like chocolate around as a treat. It also stores for a while. Um, if you're talking about storage friendly foods that I just have in my pack all the time, uh, it's not always easy to find fresh, delicious wild fish that hasn't been fried or, you know, cooked up in some awful oil or, you know, MSG laden sauce. Uh, so a lot of times I'll have canned salmon or canned sardines, uh, sometimes in the olive oil or maybe just in water. Um, chia seeds uh, it can be great too because you can kind of sprinkle them over a salad. You can soak them in water. Generally speaking, uh, my, my wife Allison and I, we've been basically homeless for about the past two years, just living out in national parks and right, we have a touring ta- trailer that, that we take around. You've been just touring in a yeah. big old RV, right? Right. So we've been like literally living in the middle of nowhere for a long time and, and making this work uh, and hopefully taking away some of the excuses that people have where they say it's you know too expensive or I can't find fresh food or whatever. We've been able to do it pretty much everywhere. And uh, so if we're going on a shorter trip, a day trip or a long weekend, we always bring um, veggies as well. Uh, some, sometimes we'll make green smoothies for the road. A lot of times we'll just have things where we can you know have a cucumber or some celery to munch on, some carrots. Um, and having fresh greens is basically the thing that we prioritize uh, as much as we possibly can. And some days you have to go without as many greens as you'd like, and then you kind of feast on them when you have the opportunity. Sure. <laughs> but basically, that's, that's the biggest challenge is getting the fresh greens in every single day. Right. Two years now, huh? Are you, so you're still on the road sort of technically, yeah? Or have uh, you settled somewhere? <laughs> 
we we've kind of settled. There's a place uh, that I just found irresistible because it's called Wilder, Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> and, nice. Uh, so it was a place that cost the same as a parking spot for the <laughs> RV. And it's just like, let me put it this way. It's it's out there. And pretty much all of our neighbors have seen a Sasquatch. We we haven't yet. We're still working <laughs> oh my God, on it. I, so I want to see one before I go. Uh-huh. But this is, uh, you, you drive way into the middle of nowhere and then drive a little bit more and you'll eventually find where we are. But uh, eventually we're, we're going to find our way back to Austin, Texas. I love that you're in Sasquatch territory now. Maybe you can go <laughs> over to Roswell and then you're going to have to, you can just get all of the like, you know, beyond belief sightings. Uh, yeah. UFOs, Sasquatch, that's great. My dog just brought in a, uh, a wild boar skull. Like the, really? The, <laughs> the, <laughs> there's a jaw on my front porch right now. That's actually, that's very wild. I like that. That's <laughs> That means your dog knows you. <laughs> um, let's talk a little, just a little bit more if you have some time about the wild. One of the things, I just love the way it's presented. It's so easy to follow and figure out. Um, I want to throw out something to you. Someone said to me recently, like, hey, can you just, just tell me what to do? Tell me to do. Just give me like a plan of what do we eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks? Like, just tell me what to do. And yeah. I was like, uh, it's not like that. Right. Yeah. And, and even though you give suggestions in your book, your book is about helping people become intuitive and right. just really cut out a lot of what's, you know, uh, or Mark said recently, I'm sure many people have said it, which is the whole, it's really about sort of what you don't eat sometimes, you know, yeah. what you eliminate. And what I like about your book is you go into some detail and describing the people what literally these either pesticides or preservatives and things and food that you can't explain, like what they actually are. And when yeah. you find out, I was frightened. Like <laughs> after <laughs> I heard that chapter of your book, I was like, oh my God. I mean, it, it just even more sealed the deal on eating wild whole foods. And so I really like that you kind of get into explaining. You know, you can tell someone, oh, preservatives are bad. This is bad. But it's like, right. let's get into what this really is. And like one of the components, and I forget what it was, but it was something that was like used in bombs. Or it was like something really insane that was yeah. used in something we would not have imagined. And you're like, I don't want that in my food. Um, so I love right. how you get into that. Um, but it's really about being intuitive, right? I mean, you you don't prescribe this is what you eat for breakfast and this is what you eat for right. a snack. You're just talking about you know, it, it's very motivating because you're really just educating and motivating people to make good choices. I hope so. What I really wanted to do with my book was get people to abandon all of the baggage and the misinformation about health and just have something where it's common sense again. It's like, oh, this right. is fresh and it's real food. This is probably healthy for me. Or I'm hungry. I should eat now. Right. Or I'm not hungry. Maybe I shouldn't have to eat now, right? Things like that. Yeah, even though it's lunchtime, I'm not hungry. Don't force it. Yeah. Yeah, getting back in touch with your yourself, your own biology, the world that we came from, toughening toughening us up a little bit. I think you know, making it a little bit more hard scrabble for yourself, um, having higher standards for the food that you eat. That's something that can be really powerful. Also, giving yourself the agency to decide. I don't need to eat right now, right? Is a, is a very powerful thing for some people. And it's a powerful thing for me because for a while there, when I, when I was burning sugar, I would get hangry every two to three hours. And a lot of people experience that. <laughs> and you say just, hangry? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know yeah, that's is. a great term. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I basically, when I experienced kind of the power of the transformation myself, you know, I, I was so surprised by how this fog kind of lifted and how everything was awesome all of a sudden, uh, as long as you have your guard up and as long as you have high standards for the food that you eat. And so I help people, I hold their hand a little bit and show them in a narrative way that this is something that you can do. Hundreds of thousands, now millions of people across the world have gotten incredible results, not by eating less, not by exercising more, but by eating healthier foods that our bodies are well adapted to eat and not being afraid of fat, not being afraid of the things that we've been eating for so very long that are very natural and awesome for us. Yeah, I love it. The wild diet, um, you can purchase it on Amazon, but there may be a little bit of a wait right now you're, you're thinking, or is it back in stock? Hopefully it'll be back. I've been told in the next few days it'll be back in stock, but I've been told that before. <laughs> but well, yeah. if everyone's in, well, my favorite version is the audiobook, and you could just go into iTunes and buy that, or I'm sure other True. places as well, which is amazing. And what I like about 
audiobook. I mean, I'm obviously a writer, a reader, so I do love to read physical books still. Yeah. But I, um, you know, there's there's something so great about, especially if the narration is great. You're a great speaker. Mark's a great speaker. I could listen to you guys all day. I think Jimmy Moore is also a great speaker. His audiobooks are great. Um, yeah. You know, you're in the car. You're driving to and from work. You got two hours. You've just killed two hours of six hours of a book. You know, right. um, and it, it, it somehow it resonates and seeps in versus mm-hmm. reading it, you know, to me. So I also suggest if you want to get it right away, just get the audiobook. Um, and fatburningman.com. So what else can we be seeing from you coming up here soon? You've got your amazing podcast and website, Fat Burning Man. We've got The Wild Diet. You just finished the ABC show. What's next? Oh, man, you never know. Um, I just put out an album of original music with some of the guys from the Tim McGraw band called Swamp Thing, which is kind oh, of funny. Nice. So if, if you look for my audiobook, you'll also see that come up. So uh, I'm always keeping busy with weird little adventures. And, uh, you know, especially coming out of this, this ABC show, it's been really cool to see all the different things that are, that are coming at me. Um, but I can say I will, I will be very present at a lot of the paleo events that are coming up. And uh, I'll definitely be seeing a lot of you soon. What's that? Are you going to be at Paleo FX this year? I'll be speaking there and, and a, a few other events uh, all over the place. And I'm looking forward to, to going back to Austin. Um, I'm looking forward to hanging out with some of the Primal folks again, too. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. We're such a fan of yours. And um, fatburningman.com is the website and also the podcast, as well as The Wild Diet is the name of the book. And if you're interested in the TV show, it's ABC's reality show called My Diet is Better Than Yours. You can go to abc.com and just watch episodes online. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me.